Hi, this is Alan Schimmel, Editor-in-Chief of DevOps.com, and welcome to another DevOps chat in our leadership suite. Today's guest is DevOps thought leader and well-known author, Gary Groover, uh, who's just published his book, Leading the Transformation, Applying Agile and DevOps Principles at Scale. Gary, welcome to DevOps Chats. Hi, Alan. Great to be here. Thank you. Gary, the, first of all, let me just commend you. The new book is great. I, I think I mentioned to you offline, I, I read it on the way out to California and back and forth, and um, I went back and actually highlighted a bunch of stuff, which I don't often do in books anymore, but it was that, it was that good and that important to me, so I, wanted, uh, I didn't want to miss it. So great job on the book. Um, for those of our readers who may not be familiar with both yourself and the book, why don't you give us just a you know quick background and synopsis of Gary and the book? Well, I've been in high tech for a long period of time, the last probably eight years, leading large-scale transformations of software development projects in different organizations, first at HP, as a director of the embedded firmware organization over about started 800 developers and I wrote my first book because the results and the benefits that we saw with that were so dramatic and I learned so much from the organization and the transformation that I just felt like I had to share it with everybody else so that's um, a practical approach to large-scale agile development it's kind of a case study at HP and that kind of gives you a feel, short, quick, easy to read, not very technical book for executives to just, here's what a transformation looks and feels like. I've gotten more actively involved in the Agile and the DevOps community, learned a lot by going to a large retailer and was head of QA release and operations at that retailer and led a, led a large transformation towards continuous delivery there. And, and what I found through the process is it's easy for engineers to go to different conferences and understand how to develop differently but if the executives don't engage in leading the transformation they're going to come back and the organization is going to throw a wet blanket on them. So what I tried to do with the second book which is leading the transformation is write down and capture in a book that was short enough, a hundred pages that executives would read it, but had everything I wish I knew before I started on my transformation. So there's going to be uniquenesses and differences with different organizations, but the more they can avoid the bumps on the heads and the learnings that I've already gotten to on my own and, and move forward and kind of move the process and technology forward, I think the more effective they're going to be. So I've created a lot of passion around, God, I got some great business benefits, and I really wanted to share with others and try to figure out how I could help others be more successful too. Absolutely. So, Gary, one, one of the interesting things I, I, I got out of your book was, you know, many executives, you know, they hear of the benefits of, of Agile and DevOps, and they, you know, where do they sign up, right? Sign me up for that. I'd love to see, you know, those kinds of, of exponential improvements in, in all of these metrics. But one of, one of the things you say is, you know, Executives who are just looking to do sort of agile in and of itself aren't going to see that 
sort of success, correct? It's it's not just doing agile, if you will. As a matter of fact, if you set out to do just agile, you're probably not going to be very successful. You want to expand yeah, on that? I, I would say, yeah. It's, it's too large of a transformation. It's too large of a turmoil. If your current development processes are meeting all the needs of your business, you, you really shouldn't go through this much effort and turmoil in your organization and cultural change. But I think what most organizations are seeing is as they've gotten larger and software has become more and more important to how they compete in the marketplace, that their current software development processes just aren't able to react and respond to where they need to add value as a business. And so start with what is not being delivered to your business from your software development processes and your business objectives. You know, at HP, it had been two decades that firmware had been the bottleneck for the business. And so we really started by saying we want to be able to add a new product anytime we want without firmware being the bottleneck. And we wanted to free up capacity for innovation. And it was with those business objectives that we were able to prioritize the things we went after. And I think if you start with your business objectives and fundamentally look at the rest of your toolbox, whether it's Agile, Lean, DevOps, sort of Kanban, Automate, any of those things as just tools in your toolbox that are there to solve the problem, and then you go on a journey of continuous improving, that's where you get the business results. It's not going after one of those principles and hoping that you'll get business results. It's driving for business results and using the tools as appropriate. Got it. And and Gary, you use the term a lot, continuous improvement. Yeah. Right? And you know, in, in a world where continuous is the new black and we hear about continuous delivery and continuous integration and continuous testing and continuous security, briefly, what what is continuous improvement? Well, it's, it's really wanting to go out and learn what's between you and your organization delivering software better and more effectively. And then it's constantly just chipping away at those barriers and learning and getting better and evolving. And you're not going to know everything. You know, at HP, we got two to three X improvements in productivity, but we didn't go off on a, you know, three-year plan to make that work. We took it month by month and set some objectives and tried to get better. And you're going to learn so much as you really start getting out there and trying to figure it out that what you're going to find is if you create a three-year plan, even if you could, it's going to inhibit you from getting better because you're going to learn something new that was getting in the way. And so don't try to lock in too much. Software developed and improved effectively can be very flexible and responsive learn and adjust and learn in response and just take on the biggest barriers to your productivity one at a time and when you prove that you're going to learn what's next and continue to improve that but it's getting the executives to come together once a month and review what they said they were going to get done what got done and what didn't get done and what you learn in the process to set the objectives for the next month and you know HP we went off trying to get 10x better and we did it a month at a time and when we look back three years later, we've gotten, you know, my co-author would say 10x better in terms of frequency and builds and those things, but business results easily two to three x better, but it wasn't by executing a four-year plan. It was by getting on a path of continuous improvement and learning and adjusting along the way. Sure. Now, Gary, in the book, 
you know, one of the things I got out of it is you sort of refer to CD, continuous delivery, as a lot of the tools and maybe processes that we follow along this agile and DevOps um, journey, if you will, or process. But DevOps specifically is, is largely cultural in the book anyway. Is that correct? Yeah, it's you know, I it depends on whether you're talking to Gene or Jazz. Jazz will focus more on the technologies and Gene will more on the culture. I can't really separate the two. You can't you can't get the cultural changes without the tools and you can't, you know, implement the tools and get the benefits without the cultural changes. So I, I like the definition where you just lump them together and says it's it's the cultural and technological changes that enable us to release code on a more frequent basis in a more stable way and get feedback from our customers on an ongoing process. And so that's the definition that kind of resonates for me. And I, I have a hard time getting between the two. But you know, in a large organization where you've got tightly coupled code that requires people to develop, qualify, and deploy in unison, the, the technologies of continuous delivery, whether you deploy every day or not, is the forcing function that ensures all your code's going together and stays aligned. And so, you know, the first order effect in a large organization is how to come together to deliver code or deliver value to their customers on an ongoing basis. And the second order effect is how the individual teams work. Continuous delivery and some of those principles are the forcing function that allows working code to provide that alignment across a large organization and not develop code that either won't work together or won't work in a production-like environment. Yeah. So, Gary, um, another sort of debate, I don't know if it's a Gene and Jez debate, but it's certainly within the community is, do you do DevOps from top down, bottom up? Do you do it from both and meet in the middle? I mean, you have a very unique perspective in having led several transformations now, and 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 obviously you come at it from a top-up perspective. What what's the what 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 should leaders listening to you here today? What should they take out of that? I, I think if they're going to be successful, the leaders need to lead it because you can't have some groups decide to do it or some groups decide not or do it in a different way if their code has to come together and be delivered as a unit. But at the same time, it's not managed. It's more lead it. Set the direction, set the priorities, and engage with the organization to learn what's working and what's not working. And so, you know, the continuous improvement, executive-led continuous pro improvement process I describe in my book really shows how the executives engage in the organization to lead that because you need all the learnings and everything that's getting away from the bottom and you need kind of the set of priorities from the top and so it's that constant interaction between the leaders and the organization that gets all the best ideas and all the learnings out on the table that gets you to prioritize the right things and go after the right improvements. Yep. Gary, the last chapter in the book is, is entitled Getting Started, and it, it kind of represents, okay, after you've learned what you can from this book, here's, here's how you can get started in your organization. Of course, people should read it for themselves and learn from it, but what, what can you take out of that last chapter to let give people a, a jump start on that? You know, you really need to start 
where the most pain is. And one of the things that DevOps causes you to do is do things more frequently. And what you'll find is your organization's been brute forcing its way through the same issues for years. And as you start to increase the frequency, you'll have to start fixing that. Um, and, and it's hard to tell for different organizations. It's different places, which is why I put that piece at the back end, because it depends on what what you already have in place. You know, if you've got a web um, microservices architecture that enables teams to work independently, it may be as easy as a cultural shift and put in an operations portion on that team and letting them own things end to end. If you've got a more tightly coupled system, you've got to think about how do you coordinate the work across them. And the first step may be, can you do continuous integration of as much of the enterprise system as you can with a few simple tests? But, you know, and make sure you automate them correctly. So it's, it's that step of learning and evolving. And then as you try to do it and increase your frequency, you're going to find different pain points. And that's why I'd say it's a continuous improvement stuff. And, you know, I do workshops with different executive teams to really try to frame out and try to, you know, understand their development processes to the point that we can figure out where to start the continuous improvement process. We hold a workshop with our technical and manager leaders and everybody in the organization and try to really nail what's that first month's objectives. And then we do, you know, ongoing, you know, mentoring calls for this first six months to make sure they're off on the right path. But, you know, as opposed to spending forever trying to figure out where to start, if you can think about starting your continuous improvement process, even if you pick the wrong things first, you're only going to go down that path for a month before you have a chance to learn and adjust and, and go after the things that are really in the way between you and your organization being productive. Great. Hey, Gary, we're about out of time. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much for appearing on today's DevOps Chat. And again, guys, the book, or folks, the book is Leading the Transformation, Applying Agile and DevOps Principles at Scale. And for any executive or manager out there who is contemplating or perhaps already engaged in leading a transformation around Agile DevOps, around software development, highly, highly recommend. You can get the book on Amazon. It is from IT Revolution Press. And uh, just Google it. We, I think we also have a, a two-chapter download, which we'll put a link to up on, on the uh, webinar page for this. Gary Groover, thank you very much. This is Alan Schimmel of DevOps.com. Have a great day.